Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, this is Annie on Showreel, our look at Australian film. And in the studio today we have a live guest, not just a piece of voice in a faraway time and place, but no, a real person, Charlie Hill-Smith. Hello, Charlie, how are you? I'm very well, Annie, how are you? Great. And, Terrific. Uh, yeah, and we're celebrating the uh, fact that you have uh, received some funding from Screen Australia for your wonderful film, Motorkite Dreaming. Can you tell us, give us a, an understanding of Motorkite Dreaming first? Absolutely. Um, so we, we um, began working on this film about, uh, about six years ago, and we shot it two years ago. Uh, it's called Motorkite Dreaming. And the story is basically this. Um, we uh, follow two Adelaide Hills young men, two white guys in about their late 20s, as they fly two microlites, which are um, the motorkites. They are hang gliders with engines. They're like lawnmowers with a kite strapped to them. Um, they fly them from the Coorong in, uh, in the very south of, uh, of South Australia, at the Murray Mouth. Beautiful place. Very beautiful place, the Nurunjeri country all the way from there up the Adelaide Hills through the centre of Australia and across to Broome. Uh, now, that was where Ruby Hunter came from. That's right. That's mm. right. Um, and, in fact, one of the stars of our film, Carol Carpenny, who's one of the, one of the uh, men who I worked very closely with on, on making this film, is a Naranjeri man, a uh, song man, and, um, and uh, uh, an elder now, um, grandfather and... Uh, and Terrific bloke. So basically, the story is that we follow these two young guys as they fly these these um, little aeroplanes, five thousand uh, kilometres across five deserts, and through a handful of the most remote communities in Australia. As they do that, they're being pursued by their two fiancés in a support vehicle, a Toyota, full of petrol. Um, the wages of fear of driving a, a loaded car of petrol across the country. One of the ladies was pregnant, and the other one had never been bush before or never been to an Aboriginal community. What we wanted to do with this film was, um, I've, I've made uh, cultural, cross-cultural films in Indonesia, Papua and Australia, and um, generally in Australia when you, when you make documentaries, you make them for the ABC and SBS if they are interesting quality films. If you're making dancing documentaries or soft core doco or if you're making cooking documentaries then of course you can be on the commercial it's spectaculars yeah you can be on the you can be on the um... uh, a, a documentary well there there's actually discussion about if there are they are actually documentaries no it's more lifestyle lifestyle it's yeah. sort of soft doc reality tv 
lifestyle programming. Yeah, and spectaculars it, that have the race winner at the end. That's right. So it, it's sort of wrapped up in a game show. And those things are taking over the spaces that documentary traditionally habitated. Um, so ABC and SBS are the two places where you can find a spot for serious and interesting social issue documentary. Um, but the problem with making social issue documentary for SBS and ABC is that you're preaching to the choir. Mm. You know, the majority of people who watch SBS and ABC, um, that small percentage of the Australian public, are pretty much already on board for ideas of reconciliation, for exploring difficult concepts of uh, of injustice, social justice, human rights. But just not, not only that, just actually hearing and experiencing, even if it's vicariously, a life in lived in a way that's different from their own. Quite, quite outside of the norm, the examination of the other. This is not the realm of commercial television. It's very much the realm of ABC and SBS. And by having the only option open to an Australian documentary maker being that you go to SBS and ABC means you are preaching to the choir, which is better than nothing, but it is still preaching to the choir. So we set out quite clearly on this film to try and build what we call a Trojan horse narrative. Um, so oh, this, you clever, you clever bugger, you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what we do, basically what that means is that you... It's clever. It looks like a... An adventure film. It smells like an adventure film. In many ways, it is an adventure film. And it's also got inbuilt uh, conflict or or uh, or, or um, drama. I mean, yeah. the women. I mean, what's what, the questions that people would ask? Yeah, uh, yeah. about their journey, let that's, alone the fellows' journeys. That's right. That, having having the women in there was super important. We didn't want it to be a boys' own adventure and just you know just the smell of two stroke and people farting. We wanted it to be uh, an inclusive uh, uh, contemporary Australian story. So. It looks like an adventure film. It is an adventure film, but what it really is is a cross-cultural journey to these remote uh, Aboriginal communities. So let me let me just tell you a few of the places we go to, so your listeners can get an idea of the of the yeah, of, of the journey. Starts in the Coorong down in Narringeri country. We fly up the the spine of the Aldingan Range, which is the ancient mountain range which defines South Australia and it runs from the bottom of the Flurio Peninsula right up into the Flinders Ranges and the Gammon Ranges beyond that. These are the oldest mountains in Australia, billion-year-old bedrock from Gondwana. We fly through that country. We go to Wardang Island, which is the land of the Narunga people and meet up with the incredible and lovely Bart Sansbury, a man who will be known to many of your listeners. Uncle Bart is a legend activist from the 1970s, ex-Vietnam vet, stolen generation, legend of a man, beautiful fellow that he is. Um, so Bart, we meet Bart in his traditional country, which is near Point Pierce, Narunga country. We then go from there up into the Flinders Ranges, and um, uh, and from the Flinders we, we head further north. We, uh, we go to uh, Maree eventually, um, and from Maree we cut across to Cupapiti, from Cupapiti to Unadatta, uh, from Unadatta, we keep heading, heading north to Dalhousie Springs. We're getting close to the N- NT border by this stage. The um, uh, Apatula Fink community, famous Fink community. From there to, uh, into Alice Springs. From Alice to Hermansburg, out to the west in, uh, in Arundel country. Um, Hermansburg, Hearts Bluff, Papunya, Kintor, and then across into Western Australia, Kirikurra, straight up due north to Balgo, very well known remote community, from Balgo to Halls Creek to Fitzroy Crossing, Banuba Country, uh, Jundamurra, um, Widgina Gorge and Tunnel Creek, due north to the Gibberber Road, straight across to Derby. We're hitting the coast now, Arafura Sea, Indian Ocean, and then to Beagle Bay, 
which is a couple of hours to the north of Broome. That's amazing. I, I'm totally impressed, I'll have to say. You must know a lot about this country because just by talking about the places you've been, uh, I realise how little I know about this country and I guess that's part of this journey for a white audience. It really is. It's about trying to um, engage people into the complexities and the beauty of this country and, and a big part of that and, and my mission in a way is the beauties and complexities of Aboriginal culture. You know, the greatest underutilised asset, if you want to put it in cheap terms, in this country. You know, the greatest cultural asset in this country that is under-respected and underused and in so many ways is the missing piece of the puzzle of, of taking us forward. So we set out to try and paint a picture of the complexity and the beauty of, of the country, which is the main protagonist in this, in this story, you have to say. These deserts, this immense distance the harshness um, of, of the environment out there in these deserts. I'm so sucked in, I want to know the reaction of the young chaps and the uh, young women, but of course that's yeah. part of the actual, we, we have to go on with that journey when, when it's actually released. It, yeah, it, it will be a great way to see, to, to get an experience uh, vicariously of, you know, especially young Elsie, she's a lovely woman from Adelaide, she's a nurse, she works with tiny babies at the, at the Royal Adelaide Hospital. But she'd never been to an Aboriginal community. Very compassionate woman, but a, very much a homebody. Loves her dog, loves her fire, loves sitting around watching movies with her man, Daryl, who's one of the pilots. So she was, she was out of her depth. And, and it's those sort of characters that really give you an insight into different lifestyles, different environments. Must have been a tough shoot. It was. It was, a, it was, um, it was about a 10-week shoot. Yeah. And... Um, we, you know, we put all our, got all our ducks in a line and, and, you know, SBS and ABC were very, were very interested before we shot it. I ended up getting Dick Smith as a executive producer, but none of those things panned out. I had National Geographic on board for a while, but as we came towards the shoot, all of them fell away and we ended up with nothing and I had to end up driving my 1987 Land Cruiser, which had already done the trip about five times and is pretty much on its last legs, the old deer. I, I wanted to try and get a decent second-hand full Toyota drive. Or something. Yeah, something decent. But I had, I had to take my old petrol 87 Toyota, mm. which did the trip. But, you know, we had very few resources. So we shot on a shoestring, very small crew, very tight. All my boys and girls who worked for me, we had a crew of six. Um, Ten-week shoot, they had one day off. Yeah, wow. They got, they got paid pittance. Um, but they and loved also, it. It also, changed their lives. And also the business of, um, well, most filmmaking uh, endeavours do change people's lives. I'm not sure people realise that uh, when you're filming something that you become this organic community uh, and everything else disappears. It's almost like being on the moon, isn't it? It is. It's, it, it is like you know, going on, a, on, a, on, a, on an operation of some sort. You know, you, um, you know the beauty of, of camping under the sky for, for 10 weeks. It changes your, your your body chemistry, you know. Being with the moon for two months, um, and and cooking by fires, and and having and getting up with the sun and going to bed with the sun, it, ch- it changes you. And being, being filthy, <laughs> yeah, just being, just being absolutely covered in uh, <laughs> covered in dirt and gr- and grime and mud from five different deserts. Um, uh, it's a beautiful also, thing. I was going to ask you, um, uh, how did you protect your equipment? Because it's very dirty and sandy. I mean, it's yeah, that's to- right. 
A lot of grit, a lot of grime, a lot of a lot of water. I mean, and and as we shot it, you know, it rained a lot. You know, we we were we were in. Oh, you were lucky. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, it's beautiful. It never but, rains, and then it rains. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's great to be in the desert when it rains, and it, and it's a unique unique thing in Australia to be out there and get an experience of the desert in the in the wet. Oh, uh, I remember going out there to, uh, uh, um, up towards Broken Hill, which is probably not. It's only somewhere similar. Uh, it's, it's serious desert. Yeah, but it's quite interesting because uh, you realise that uh, the uh, most common form of death uh, is drowning, and <sighs> because, because the fact when the floods come, they really come, and nobody's used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty queer. That is really weird. That is weird. That is just ironic. I don't, it's something to do with the Darwin Awards or something. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would have thought too. I'm just reminding everybody you're on 3CR and it's showreel and it's Annie here talking to Charlie Hill Smith, who's just finished a shoot that's quite extraordinary, Motorkite Dreaming, and you were given um, some money from Screen Australia, part of one of their... Uh, yeah, well, it sort of started, it didn't start with them, but it, it finished with them. Um, so we'd been round around the garden with SBS and ABC on this for a couple of years after we'd finished the shoot, and we'd come back with beautiful material, 500 hours of footage. And to put that into context for your listeners, the latest Mad Max film only shot 450 hours. <laughs> So I'm not saying they're soft. I'm just saying they're soft. Um, so 500 hours of material. That's 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 like a a giant pyramid of material, and we made some beautiful um, little teasers out of that, and we showed it to SBS and ABC and all the rest of them, and they all loved it. Everybody loved it. They couldn't blow more. But hot But they air. weren't going to give you any money. Well, they they were talking about it for a long time. You know, they they sort of pumped enough hot air into us to float a fleet of zeppelins, and that went on and on. And then when the budget came out last year, um, and ABC received such a such a slap. They just dropped us, you know, so a year and a half's work, lots of promises, nothing. Well, I'll have to tell you today the news is that the ABC is shutting all its um, shops and 300 people have lost their jobs, so you're in good company. Yeah, well, the ABC just, just stopped making television in in, uh, in Adelaide just uh, the la- last few weeks. They're finishing their very last piece as we speak, but that giant, the big building in Adelaide, in Collingswood, which has been there all these years and has made so much great TV and been the heart of a, of a lot of culture in South Australia, is now empty. Unbelievable. Yeah. It, anyway. It, it's a disgrace. It is. It's a disgrace. And, and, and as you travel on a project like Motorkite Dreaming, where you go across uh, one, two, three states, 5,000 right. Ks, 20 Aboriginal nations, and you really are out in, in radio country, you know, you realise the tyranny of distance and you realise right. why the ABC was set up and why it is a, a pillar of the Australian society, and it's in the remote places that the ABC will be missed most of all. You're completely correct. I know. I, I used to live remotely, and uh, I, in fact, it's the only time I ever um, rang talkback. I think I must, must have been going crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, you need, got, these days it's a bit different. You've got the internet and you've got you know satellite phones and, and, and mobile phones and so on, but... Um, in the old days, it was it was tough to communicate out there. Of course, it still is. You know, it's still it's still. Oh, and also have a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. That's right. Yeah, you, every every person you meet is really important. Totally. Even if you don't like them. Yep, you have a big chat anyway. That's right. Just pick their brain anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's right. right. You, don't, you, don't, you don't meet too many strangers out there. You know, most people you meet are sort of connected to you in some way. But tell me, uh, you uh, were um, filled with more hot air than a zeppelin. Tell us, how did you proceed? Yeah, so the ABC dropped us. Um, everybody dropped us, uh, even though we, we had, uh, as they had explained to us, a terrific project. Um, and we were, and sort of six months ago, we had nothing. You know, we had this amazing thing that we'd shot. We'd, we'd poured our own money into it, our own, a lot of time. 
uh, and had nothing. Um, and so we, we started to think outside the box and, and came up with a strategy of, okay, you know, ABC and SBS, it's just not going to work. We need to get commercial money. How are we going to do that? So we set about trying to find people. And, um, you know, one of our first stops, uh, we picked out, you know, uh, you know, travel companies, airlines, communications companies, um, mining companies, people related to the, the environment, related to the bush. And one of the first people we, we, we put on the list and, and, and just went through their, their front door, their, their, their marketing department, was Red Bull in, in, uh, in Europe. Um, now, Red Bull, uh, as your listeners might or might not know, have invested heavily in extreme sports over the last decade and have a massive online presence. Um, but next year, Red Bull start a thing called Red Bull TV, which is a uh, right. multi-platform on every... So it's on satellite, free-to-air, it's on cable... It's uh, it's on every every platform will be Red Bull TV. So they can no longer just have two-minute adrenaline orgasms as their content. They've got to have real content with stories and people and not just dudes in wingsuits. Um, and what the, a film like this, which in many ways is a, an extreme cultural adventure, um, fits perfectly with what they need. And uh, Wolfie, who we've been working with with Red Bull in Austria... Loves it, uh, loved it. We negotiated, we put together a contract, and he basically and Red Bull have come to the party. So Red Bull own it internationally, the TV series. Um, and once that was up and running, then SBS came to the party, and then NITV came to the party. So it's with NITV as well, which is really exciting because we had spoken to them a long time ago, and the ladies at NITV who we were negotiating with were terrifically supportive. They just don't have the money, right? Uh, they don't, and, and, and they have invested a little bit of money in this. This is one of the first projects they've ever invested in that doesn't have an Indigenous producer. We have a lot of Indigenous people working on it, and there was a lot of heavy protocol, Indigenous protocol that went into this trip, which we should talk about in a minute. And because of those reasons and the sincerity of that and, and the hard work, that, that, that the, the action of that, um, NITV are on board. So NITV and SBS sort of came a bit um, a bit later. However, they are on board, and the four part TV series, Motorkite Dreaming, will uh, have its TV premiere on SBS NADOC Week, two thousand and sixteen. Oh, thank. That's great. That's yep. great. So basically, you're telling us that uh, you're creating a feature length uh, production as well as yeah. a four four part series for the TV. Yeah, we're thrilled. Yeah, but that means you have to edit in two different ways. We do. We're going to do two edits. We're a nine-month edit, so be careful what you wish for. Now, I think it starts in about two weeks, so I don't think I'll see the, see the daylight for about nine months. Um, yeah, we uh, a, a Sydney distribution company, very suave new company, have bought, have, have also invested uh, to produce the feature film. Cool. Which is very important to us because uh, we've made feature docs before, on, on uh, other topics, but we never made a TV series. So having the t- TV series stitched up was brilliant, um, but we really wanted to make the feature film because the feature film gives you more space for poetry and art and music and all that. Because features, features are emotion, aren't they? They are. They're emotion. Yeah. And uh, so you're going to now expand your skills in uh, understanding the TV series for, uh, format, which is, will incorporate some emotion, but obviously it's going to be a different kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- I think there's a lot of, um, you know, within television, in a half-hour TV program, for example, with, with ads, you have a 12-minute block, then you have ads, then you have a seven-minute block, then you have ads, then you have a five-minute block, and that's what it is. 
So mm. you got 12, 7, 5, and that's what you have to work How with. How kooky is that? I know. It's very, very specific, very um, uh, limiting in some ways. But, you know, no, in um, media theory, it goes uh, that uh, everything that is on TV is uh, really about the ads, not about the uh, content. Quite. I mean, yeah. t- television exists for advertising. That's it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not an interesting uh, thing that you're you're uh, about to attempt. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And um, uh, so you know, the, the end of that is is that uh, we now have a, have the complete thing, and 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 the the feature film, which will be like an hour and a half feature film, will have a limited Aussie and New Zealand cinema release, and that will actually come out first. That will actually be out in probably April next cool. year, um, so people can go and see it in the cinema. And that will have a you know probably run for you know a few weeks a month, um, and then there'll be a break before the TV series comes on, and it will go overseas at that point and um, and and do film festivals and international TV. Oh, cool, great, yeah. that's great. So and that's going to tie in with uh, Red Bull's publicity people, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I, you don't have to worry so no, much about that budget. It's brilliant, you know. Like they, you know, the Europeans paid in euro, and um, and they're going to look after all the pro- promotion. They're experts at this. Red Bull must be one of the great PR companies in the world. Well, the very fact that they decided to invest in a major media, uh, online media empire, means that they've got their head screwed on. They do, they do, and 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 now they're moving into being a major aggregator and broadcaster. Um, you know, as as the whole of technology moves towards the internet, moves towards digital, the whole convergence thing that everybody talks talks about. Um, you know, they are positioning themselves to be a player amongst that. Uh, and I think extreme cultural uh, adventure television and film is really what they're looking for. Yeah, very interesting. Just to remind everybody, you're on 3CR. This is uh, Annie on uh, Showreel. We're talking with uh, Charlie Hill Smith about motorkite dreaming, but also about uh, uh, his adventures into the international world of Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So tell us about the now motorkite dreaming, as uh, you may not have uh, heard at the beginning of the program if you weren't listening, is all about a, a long journey across the whole of Australia on, with two blokes on a very very light exposed um, flying machines with their two uh, partners driving uh, down on the ground to meet them at specific spots, but also they go to a whole range of remote communities, Aboriginal communities. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the protocol arrangements that you had to go through. Yeah, so when when Aidan, the young pilot, called me, and I'd made a film with him before when he was about 21, um, and uh, he, he got called the me, bug. Yeah, look, he, he's just a terrific young bloke, this guy. He's a, he's a lovely, modern, young, white Australian he works as a remote area nurse, so he works at the moment, the last few years he's been in Junjunjara, a tiny community in Western Australia, out in the sticks halfway across the, the Nullarbor. Um, so he's an experienced um, practitioner in Aboriginal uh, communities. He said he wanted to do this trip, and his ideas were the same as me. He wanted to do a trip that would shine a light on Aboriginal Australia in a positive way, try and show up some of the genius, some of the, some of the incredible attributes of this beautiful culture. Uh, to to a, a to a mainstream culture who don't know bugger all about it, so he said Let, let's go and do this, and uh, I said yep that's a bloody great idea, but to do it I had to uh, connect we, we're going to have to connect with with Aboriginal Australia, and uh, so I went to a, uh, an old friend of mine Carol Carpenter, and Carol and I, Naranjiri man from South Australia, um, Carol and I worked together on on theatre shows back in the late nineteen nineties. 
in Adelaide, Adelaide Festival, Adelaide and, Fringe. And this is an example of how um, nothing, no interaction is wasted. No interaction is, is wasted. And, and, you know, and the other thing about Australia is that there's a great connectivity across this country, small population, big spread out country, but we are very connected um, in many ways. So I went straight to Carol and said, Carol, we want to make this film. We're going to, the flight path takes us across 20 Aboriginal nations. How are we going to do this? You know, um, because we want to, we want to make a film that is post-colonial. You want to make make a film that is that shows respect to Aboriginal nations, that steps outside of the the old process of you just rock up with your camera and uh, and start filming and, and don't ask permission. And yeah. if people complain, just tell them to shut up. Shut up, yeah. You know, because you know the camera is the Almighty God. Yeah, and look, I, you don't want to do that. Um, and and I learned a lot. I worked with Rolf to here on on Ten Canoes. And Rolf's patience and work over many years with the Roman Guinea community up in Arnhem Land taught me a lot about patience and protocols. So went to Carol, said, this is what we're going to do. Carol said, yeah, okay, um, I'll get my my best mate and, uh, and uncle Bart Sansbury and let's, let's get your producer, John Cherry, and the two pilots, Aidan and Daryl, and let's drive the route and, uh, and go and meet the people. So we made a lot of phone calls. We made a lot of contacts. We emailed, did did whatever whatever um, methods we could go about before we did the did the protocols trip. This is a year before we filmed, exactly one year before we filmed. We piled into two Toyotas and we drove from the Coorong to Beagle Bay up near Broome. Um, Twenty language nations, and in, in as many as we possibly could, which is ninety percent, we met the local traditional owner or traditional owners. Um, of which you know usually there there are there are quite a few families with um, with um, traditional owner capacity. Uh, we met them, we sat down with them in different communities and said, "Look, this is what we're doing. We've got this plan. We want to make this film that shines a light on Aboriginal Australia. We want to ask permission to be here right now and to be in your country." We we didn't film on that one. We didn't take cameras, um, and we want to ask permission to come back next year and make a movie. And this is the idea for the movie. And 100% of them said, that's fantastic. Thank you for showing respect and, and coming and asking us. That is just, you know, fantastic. Please come back next year. It's an open invitation. So when, when it was time to make the film, we had invitations from communities from South Australia to Western Australia. And so when, when we arrived in those places, even though some of the crew had never met the people there, um, and it's still a difficult place to connect with people um, out out in the sticks because you know people are away, people are working, people are at, sorry business, people are here there, you know Aboriginal people move around a lot. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of uh, traffic between communities um, up in the bush. So when you arrived at each of these places the next year, uh, so you had to play it by ear effectively when you got there. Well, you know we made big efforts to ring and to contact yeah, yeah. and send out the smoke signal and say we're coming. And yeah. Carol did a lot of that work through his through his grapevine. Um, you know he know he knows a lot of important culture and law men in South Australia and northern South Australia, and those men are connected to important cultural and law men in Central Australia who are connected to the West. Yes, and this this interconnected web of law and culture that runs from the south to the north, we used to get the job done, and we will portray to give the uninitiated Australian public a greater sense of what we talk what, what Aboriginal culture is. Yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, this interconnected, much larger than perhaps 
white or non-Aboriginal people think. Well, it's a whole other way of being and seeing. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to this film. This is, uh, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. In fact, we're right at the end of the show. And we have to thank Charlie Hill-Smith for coming in and chatting to us about motorkite dreaming. This is a fabulous thing. And we'll wait till NAIDOC week next year. Yeah. And just to finish, um, SBS and and NITV are hoping to, to begin the whole motorkite dreaming rollout with a concert in Fed Square. Oh, fantastic. Because David Bridie is in charge of the music. Carol Carpenty is doing the music. Frank Yammer is on the oh, soundtrack. Great. We're going to have an incredible soundtrack. Frank Yammer's great. Oh, he's a brilliant musician. Have you heard the latest version he's done of um, the Midnight Oil uh, Birds are, B- Beds are Burning? I haven't heard that yet. Oh. I'm sure it's gold. Gold. I, I, I call him the um, the uh, the Johnny Cash of, 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 uh, of the of the AP Wildlands. What Lands. a big voice! He's, he's the pitching jarry Johnny Cash. Yeah, I haven't got. A, I got. I would be playing him right now if I uh, had known you were going to mention him. Yeah, so all those great musicians. Um, plus, we'll have you know music from Warumpi, hopefully, because we go through Papunya and a whole bunch of other non-indigenous musicians will be involved, and we'll have a big we'll have a big gig in there middle of winter next year in Fed Square and kick this thing off yeah light a fire that's right thanks very much and coming up next is uh published or not you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia for more information go to all the w's.3cr.org.au